Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here. I've got Tom and Ed with me. What is going on, guys? Oh, yes. What's good? Another day in R&B paradise. I got to be honest, guys. This is a good year for R&B so far, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it has definitely year. I mean, it's just a few months in, and we've got some okay stuff. Yep. And actually, it's not all been okay, guys. Uh, as you guys know, the Millennium Tour has kicked off, and it's doing well. But Ed, Tom, Rasby has quit the group. But good news, he is back on. He is back in with the group. I don't know what's going on at this point. Well, here's the thing, player. Just being, and as usual when these things come up, it's a whole bunch of memes and a whole bunch of jokes and whatever, whatever. But, and you know me, I can rag on B2K all day long. But if your man Rasby is having this much trouble and it's allegedly linked to the, the homie Chris Stokes, like sometimes y'all, you know, everything ain't a joke. Dude's been through some stuff. So I'm sure his arm was twisted to, hey man, get back on this tour, you messing up our money. But we know his story and we know that it's not easy. So this whole reunion, as I said way back, I remember telling Kyle, like, oh, this thing might be a little tougher than we expect because there's a lot of baggage that comes with this. So if my boy is having some troubles dealing with some past issues related to that, we can't really laugh that stuff off. I know everybody's just excited to hear freaking bump, bump, bump over and over again, but these some real lives we're talking about here. So I hope the homie gets his stuff together. I can't even joke on that. Yeah, Ed's right, because abuse is no joke. That should not be taken lightly. I'm more upset yeah. that, you know, Kyle, you showed me the track list. Half the songs are Omarion solo songs. I'm not cool with that. Are you guys? <laughs> Absolutely not. If you want to see Omarion and his backup dancers, why call it B2K? <laughs> well, yeah. But what upsets me even more, guys, than this whole Rasby thing that's going on, Tom, we Tom, we found out your boy Orion. He's out up in the balcony selling VIP tickets to B2K. Isn't Orion a solo artist himself? Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you know songs by Orion, major shout out to you. You're a real R&B fan, but <laughs> let's be real. I mean, what is what has Orion even been doing for the past decade plus? I mean, come on, is it really surprising? Fair enough. Yeah, but. Because I am so disappointed in the turnout for this Millennium Tour, I think it's time for another R&B trivia. Are you guys ready? Oh, oh my no. gosh. I don't know the third song on the on the second B2K album, all right? And that's what I'm saying. What do you have in your hat this time, dude? I don't, we're good, but I don't know if we're as good as you claim. No, we got to take it back to the basics. We're going back to Keith and, and music, if that makes it a little better for you guys. It could. Oh, no. So to show how sophisticated and talented these songwriter slash artists are, mm-hmm. I'm gonna name, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say out a lyric, and you guys gotta tell me what song it's from. One is a Music Soul Child song, and one is a Keep Sweat song. So okay. I think oh I think in order to make this fair, Tom, I'll give you the music song, and Ed, you can take the Keith song. Okay. All right, Tom, are you ready? Yes. What song is this? As if I blink my eyes and suddenly she went, she up and disappeared. 
You would think I just sit here listening to music soul child songs all day, every day. You know how much music comes out on a daily basis that we have to listen to for You Know I Got Soul? And you want to name one line from a song from 2003 and think I would know it? Come on! Do you know it? That's my that's my excuse for saying I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, do you want to go in for the steal, or do you not know it either? I, um, it's familiar, but I have no idea what it is. You always pick the it most is, obscure uh, line, too. That's what makes it fun. It's the uh, song off the debut, Merry Go Round. Oh, gosh, it is. It's like one of wow, my favorite I mean, songs from him. If someone well, was listening it, to this podcast easy. and they knew that answer... If you knew that answer at home, man, props to you. You're another real R&B fan because this is not I, easy stuff here. No, I guarantee you somebody knows it. I should have got that one. All right, Ed. You ready for the Keith lyric? I'm ready for you to pick some Target bonus track I've never heard of. No, no, it's not a Target bonus. I, I wouldn't do okay. that to you again. Again? Uh, here we go. <laughs> the lyric is, how can I be wrong, baby? When it feels so good to you. <laughs> That's not a real lyric. Yeah. How say it again? How can I be how can I be wrong, baby, when it feels so good to you? When it feels so good to you. That is classic Keith Sweat groundbreaking lyrics right there. I'm, first of all, I'm going to break your ground if you stay over there. But How <laughs> uh, can I be wrong, baby? I give up. What is it? It is the song. Tom, do you want to go in for the steal? I know you're an avid uh, Keith Sweat fan. I got to be honest, man. I'm, Keith Sweat is not really in my rotation at all these days, so I'll pass. All right. <laughs> Ed, the song is... Tell me it's you I want. Off the debut. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Of course, again, oh, yeah. again the random songs that I don't listen to that much. Dang. Tom, you never heard that song I knew that before. one, too. No, you didn't. <laughs> you did? No, he no, didn't. I have no, I have no idea. Attention. He's All never right. heard that song before. So we got a fake uh, group of R&B fans here. Good to know. Listen, guys, if you gave me an obscure Mario song, which you guys can do next week, I will be able to name that song. I guarantee oh, you boy. could. Uh, well, see, now he's going to spend the whole week learning Mario lyrics just for this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Um, can we get into the new music, guys? Before we do, yes. let me just give a quick shout out to someone real quick. Slick Partner on Twitter. This dude yeah. holds us down, holds down the podcast, the site, everything, supports R&B. So I just wanted to shout him out real quick. And we should get back to doing this every week, guys. We have a lot of good supporters out there of what we do, of the podcast, of R&B. Let's do this once a week, guys, at least. Yeah, I agree with that. Shout out to the homie. Always supports both sites. Always shows a lot of love. We love that y'all love what we're doing. That is 100% true. But back to the new music, guys. Um, Tori Kelly hit number one on Urban AC last week with the song Automatic. Oh, will you Automatic. stop this? First of all, hold on, what? let's back it up, because your boy <laughs> is full of lies and falsehoods. Please start that sentence over. Uh, Tori Kelly's alter ego bonfire hit number one with the song Automatic last week. Oh my god. 
now we're media takeout because we're just making up stuff. I mean, um, <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. Okay, well, uh, Bonfire is an artist signed to L.A. Reed's label, uh, backed by Raphael Sadiq, who has an uncanny, uh, similar look to Tori Kelly with the big, you know, curly blonde hair and the soulful voice. Ed, you're going to tell me that's not Tori Kelly? She's a white girl with crimply hair. I mean, she could be some chick from the early 90s, from 90210. She's not necessarily Tori Kelly. I, I don't even know what to say about this. Can you just <laughs> keep it real, Kyle, right. and talk about Bonfire, please? Please. Okay, so so Bonfire. Man, I know we talked about Tom using the emojis last week with the flame emoji. Well, I'm giving this EP that came out last year and we somehow all slept on. I'm giving that emoji. I'm giving it like five emojis, five flame emojis. That's how fire this project is. Wow. back like, 90s wow. R&B. Uh, you know what? It kind of reminds me of that Bruno album that came out a couple years back. It's just pure nostalgia, and it just sounds good. I don't, I can't well, say if anything's gonna stand the test of time, but it just sounded like a good project, guys. Well, Kyle, I mean, it had some pretty, um, they proved distinguishable samples they were used. She even, I think, sampled lyrics, sampled beats. I mean, it wasn't like Bruno was all original. It was inspired by the era. But Bonfire kind of had some. I mean, she's not getting all the publishing on this one. I know that. So, but it's it, you're right. It's dope. I liked it a lot. And Ed, what did you think? We we asked you to listen to it. Got your opinion too. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not in love with it as strong as Kyle is, but I think what made it so appealing, like you guys said, it's very familiar sounding and. It uses a lot of 90s, not only samples, but just a lot of the songwriting cues. It feels very 90s, but it doesn't feel like a cast-off or it doesn't feel stale. It feels very 90s inspired. And she's wisely got a team behind her that can keep that sound fresh and going and actually get it some placement on radio. So this is a very good look for R&B because... I put, we talked about it in the Soul and Serial cipher, cipher earlier today. And some people were kind of like, eh, she feels a little manufactured, blah, blah, blah. And I get that because it might not feel as organic as some artists. But at this day and age, player, if we get an R&B artist making actual R&B songs and had actually has a halfway decent voice, that's all your boy asks. That's all I ask. Can, can I ask you guys a question, though? Do we keep it real on this podcast? Unfortunately, too much. Okay, so she has a number one single right now, Automatic. How do you think it reached number one? Oh, I know how it reached number one. You should listen <laughs> to my last sense. I'm and just again, saying, man. Again, that's the way the industry is, and it's you know fair or unfair, but sometimes if the music is good, I'm much more willing to give you a pass than if the music is absolute garbage and you're sliding right, up right. the ladder. Well, let's yeah, let's I mean, at least say that. Cool. The music the, the music is not garbage, but let's be right. clear. There is definitely money behind this album no or this question. project and this single. Right. And Just I know clear a lot up. of fans. No, no question. A lot of fans have, have been able to sniff that out pretty clearly. That, and that's why mm -hmm. they were saying in the cypher, oh, she feels a little, feels a little manufactured, a little forced, which I get. But the the talent is there, and like I said, I wouldn't necessarily call it the next Bruno album, but I see the similarities, 
the music is solid. I'm here for. Well, yeah, uh, Tom, I mean, you make that... a great point. Well, Tom, mm-hmm. go ahead. Tom. Like, um, money behind it, I don't think is the issue. But I think what's weird about it is she's not an urban AC artist. Um, what people don't know is she actually put out a single before Automatic came out, the song "Ready to Love," and that was more of like an Ariana Grande debut album because it was produced by Harmony. It was more of that sound, and that was actually sent to Rhythmic Radio. So Urban mm. AC is not where she planned to be initially, but she just found a home there with Automatic. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Kyle, because we have a young artist now here, Bonfire, who they went to Urban AC with, they got a number one single. It might have been what they considered to be the easy route to gain quick attention. But think about this. We've been told by many of our artists, our favorite artists from the 90s, they're afraid to go to Urban AC. So it's like, man, we're at a, a crossroads here. It's like people don't want to feel old, but now we have artists going straight to that format who are hitting big. It's like, man, we're we're at a weird time in R&B right now. People still it's think so, they can hit that, that younger radio. Right. It's such a weird time. And I think what we're seeing is people just trying to get in where they can fit in, player. And yeah. Yeah. The old route just isn't working anymore. Like we've said a thousand times on this podcast, we can't act like it's 1994 and do what we did then. we got to be creative and strategic. If this, again, is a way for us to get quality R&B songs on, on programs and on format lists and on the ears of younger audiences and older audiences too, just new audiences, play or do whatever it takes, it's all good. Yep, Absolutely. and I gotta make one last point. Uh, the song Propane off her album, it samples Blackstreet. So when I first heard the sample and then I heard the trap drums come in, I swore mm. I thought I saw Chauncey rolling over in his grave, but the song's actually uh, pretty good, so I'll give it a He's not last. dead. He's not oh. dead, dude. <laughs> Shout out to what Chauncey. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, can we talk about this Mariah Carey A No No song? The remix came out. And we all thought it was going to be Lil' Kim or Missy Elliott or Cardi B. But, Ed, instead, we got Steflon Dawn. Who is this Steflon? Oh, <laughs> uh, who is this? Why, who is why that, Ed? Why would you have to kick it to me? Steflon Dawn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, I know that you players all... And, I, and I'll be with it because I was like this, too. I was like, this is an opportunity for us to get... At least Kim. Kim has worked with her before. Brad, um, Missy, all these artists that kind of would... And it makes sense. And I know some younger people would be like, oh, who cares? They're old. Well, she sampled a song from that era. So it's nothing wrong with shouting out those artists who are part of that era. Or, as much as y'all know how I feel about Cardi, she does fit that vibe too. So I wouldn't mind seeing any of that. Stefflon the Don, dog. Stefflon has been blowing up. Well, I don't know if blowing up. Has been catching waves on social media for the past year or so. So it doesn't surprise me. But I ain't feeling the remix, dog. It is not for me. I mean, Mariah's part is, is exactly the same, right? That's the same, but it's not. <laughs> and it doesn't bring anything to the table at all to me. Yeah. We talked about placement and feeling forced earlier. This is another one that feels like a favor. Mm. Tom, I'm going to need you to walk the streets of Brooklyn and find Lil C's. We need a verse from him. 
I mean, I've seen Lil C's out at events just randomly out in the streets, so I know he's available to do a placement. I mean, I don't think that's the issue, though, to be honest. <laughs> Absol- <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, Shout-outs to Lil C's. Uh, we got a couple more records that uh, I want to touch on. You guys give me your thoughts on it. Uh, Rasan Patterson dropped a new record. Wow. Man, Ed, you heard this one? I have not, and people have been saying it's great. I have not heard yeah. it yet. It's a really good song, and like you said, the response has been great. Our readers have chimed in. I wasn't even expecting it, to be honest, because Rasan Patterson's kind of a bit obscure to some people, but, man, the comments have been amazing. The song is really dope, really soulful. I'm excited for his album. He's coming back later this year. I think it's been almost eight years since his last album, so it sounded like it will be a dope project. Yeah, it's been, man, I don't know if he's, yeah, it's, if he dropped a project since I moved to Birmingham, it was like right before. It's been a good decade since we've heard from Homie, so he's always had kind of this quiet but strong fan base, and it sounds like this project is just back to basics. I can't wait to check it yep. out. Yep, and another new song, Angie Stone, she dropped a song with the most un and title of all time. Dinosaur. <laughs> Tom, what is this dinosaur song about? Is it about dinosaurs? No, it's a cool analogy. You heard it, right, Ed? I did hear it. Yeah, and I I liked it. There was. I'm gonna say because I'm a, I'm a big Angie fan. I actually loved her her last album. I'm blanking on the name of it, but I really liked her last album. I loved the metaphor she was saying and to use in the song. But the thing about it, it just something felt a little. Like her vo- her vocals or something just felt a little lethargic. I, it it felt like Angie, but like Angie a little bit tired. Like Angie was like, "Oh man, I just spent all day shopping and getting these groceries, and I got to get in this studio and record this song." It's something that just felt a little off about the delivery. So if I could be like get that and re-record it because the production was good, and I love what she was trying to say in the song, but the actual performance was uh, just okay. Yep, and some new album news for you guys. Anderson Pack, who Ed is he R and B or hip hop? What is he? He is he's one of those artists that I preach about a lot that I don't feel like we should put in a box. He'll have an album, and it'll be like half R and B, another half will be hip hop. No different than a Lauren Hill or Missy Elliott in their times. Well, he just released the tracklist to his new album and some epic. Uh... R&B features on here. We have Jasmine Sullivan, Nate Dogg, Smokey Robinson, uh, Andre 3000, and of course, my girl, Brandy Norwood. That'll be a good one. Yes. It'll be interesting. It's it's always a little tested to kind of judge an album by just looking at the titles and the features. That's weird. It's like looking at a menu and being like, that's good, but you never actually tasted the food. I feel like that's where we're at these days, though, Ed. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Dead, you ain't wrong there, player. But <laughs> there's still enough potential here that I would be like, this could be interesting. And he never disappoints. I know his last album got mixed reviews. And honestly, I think that's just because expectations were high instead of the album actually being bad because it wasn't at all. But with that track list and with his hunger to come out with something less than six months after dropping his last one, I think it might be something special. And the singles yeah. do it. Yep, yep. And uh, Tom, I know you had a project that you premiered on the site uh, earlier in the week. We had a couple of projects. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you remember this, but 
you came to to New York for my wedding back in 2014. Do you remember this? It was a lot of henny going on, but I think I did. Oh my god! Oh my but remember, god! Do you remember we went to Soul Village for the week of? Yeah, I was with you and Zeppelin at that time. I think. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. So there was a group that performed that night, Amora Kismet. We interviewed them. Now, yeah, the lead yeah. singer of that group has returned as a solo artist. She's really dope. Her name is Talia. We pr- uh, premiered her new album, In Motion. It's pretty dope. I want you guys to check it out. Um, she's a really cool artist. We always thought that group had potential. I guess it didn't work out. And uh, she's back as a solo artist. So we have that premiere on the site. And no, another Tom, isn't album. that uh, yeah. Tom, isn't that the uh, the girl that looks like Aaliyah? Yes, you remember. That's what you remember. Of course, that's what he remembers. <laughs> I, I as Ed know. would say, as Ed would say, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you're listening to this, I want you guys to check out the music, but more importantly, check out her and and the video, and tell me that she doesn't look like Aaliyah. Please. <sighs> more importantly. Though? More importantly, we premiered another song by an artist named Gabriel Lin with a song called Who Do You Love? Our boy, Rio Bridges, he's a producer. He reached out to us to premiere this song. They love our outlet, you know, I Got Soul, and it's a really dope song. Check it out. They've been promoting it heavily. So love what he's doing, love what she's doing. Um, another really dope artist. So had two really cool premieres yesterday on the site. I've heard the Gabriel Lin song. I checked that one out on the site, and I was pretty impressed there. So I can definitely give the thumbs up to that one cool 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 all right guys well i need you to get your popcorn get your soda uh pam from total will be joining us on the podcast shortly two really cool premieres yesterday on the site i've heard the gabrielle lynn song i checked that one out on the site and i was pretty impressed there so i can definitely give the thumbs up to that one cool 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 all right guys well i need you to get your popcorn get your Soda, uh, Pam from Total will be joining us on the podcast shortly. Yes. All right, guys, welcome back to Soul Back, the R&B podcast. And guys, like I said, every week we try to bring in someone special, someone who has brought Soul Back. And I think we have another person who has done so. Uh, Tom, who is the special guest for this week? I'm really excited about our guest this week. It's uh, Pam from Total and, you know, one of our favorite voices from the 90s and beyond. And I'm I, I always remember my first interview with her and, and how excited she was to do it and how gracious she's always been. So, you know, I got soul and supporting what we've done over the years. So, Pam, welcome to the Soul Back Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. Good to be back in uh, in your presence. Well, you know what I mean? It's good to be back in the presence. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Pam, let me just start out by saying, man, I'm really excited that you have new music out. You know, we just featured the video for Why on the site last week. Man, it's, it's nice. great music. It's still making. Here we are in 2019, still making good music. You, you know, you debuted a couple decades ago. It's hard to say, but it's been a long time, and you're still making good music. Talk about the new, the right. new music you have coming out. You know what, um, Tom? Thank you so much. You know, at the end of the day, first and foremost, I got to thank God. You know, before, if not for nothing else, it's just like I really thank God for just really keeping me relevant. You know, I feel great. I don't feel like I've... I don't feel like I'm out of the loop. You know how sometimes you go away and you come back and it's just like, oh, my goodness, I feel like a fish out of water. I actually mm. feel like right at, at home. It's just like it feels like the beginning for me because it is a fresh start apart from total. So it's just like this new album 
actually is just me. It's actually just Pamela Long. It's, it's my life. It's the things that I've been through, the trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, the um, the marriage, the failed marriage. You know what I mean? Just like um, mm. being with the girls, um, not being with the girls, but still maintaining the sisterhood. So it's so many things in this album. And then it's, um, it's like, to me, it's very colorful. This album reminds me of like a, I would say it's in between a Kendrick Lamar, Chance the Rapper. And it's just like because it has mm. that colorfulness to the album. So I'm so excited about it. Like I really am. And this new single, Why? It's about, to be honest, it's about um, my relationship with my ex-husband. Um, mm. One day he called me up and he said to me, he just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was always, it seemed like it was a back and forth, a back and forth. And um, I called my dude up, um, Kenny Black. I called him up, and I was just like, I want to come in and record. And I was literally crying recording the track. So it was just wow. like it was it was my heart's cry. And that's why you hear the why, 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 why. It was my heart crying, you know, over the relationship. Wow. That's that's amazing. So wait, well, you didn't even realize you had an album coming out. Tell us about that. You know what? Um, I actually didn't know that I had it. I was gonna. I always wanted to do an album. Let me just let me just stop there. You know, I, I always wanted to do an album, but I really didn't know the depth of you know which direction to go. I'll say it that way. I didn't know what direction to go in, and and it all came about when my heart got broken. You know, when my heart was broken, it was just like song after song began to pour out of me, and I didn't even think that I was a writer. You know, because when we were with Bad Boy and doing records with Puff, it was just like, you know, um, if it if it doesn't, if it's not broke, don't fix it, is what they always say. He had a writer, Terry Robertson, um, that did some amazing music for a total, it's so for real, and, and so many other people. It was just like, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So, mm. but I never knew I could write the way that I write now. And it wow. was just like, you know, sometimes you never know what's on the inside of you until you, in, what's inside of you has to come to the forefront. Amazing. Absolutely. Now, Pam, it's interesting. You talk about this formula that Bad Boy had in Ed. Let's talk about that total sound for a bit. It was, you know, the production okay. was banging. Total sounded great on it. Yeah. Ed, fill, fill the readers in on what the total sound was. Man, the total oh, sound know. is just a <laughs> prominent part, man, of, of like my fandom of R&B total. And wow. a lot of people don't even realize that Total, we talk about Puff, we talk about Craig Mack, but Total was like right. in that original signing of Puff's group. So when we talk about the emergence of Bad Boy in the 90s, a lot of that sound came from Pam and the girls. Like they were part of that sound that revolutionized R&B at the time. And the crazy thing to me about Total and their legacy is that when we see a lot of artists, you know, we see them at their heights. We see them go up and they peak, and then, you know, just the way of the world, we also see them decline. But the way that the Total Arc was, Total had two great albums, two successful albums, Platinum and Gold, and then they decided to go their separate ways. We never really saw Total, like, fall off, so to speak. They kind of went right. away at their at their peak. So, Pam, talk a little bit about your introduction into the world of Bad Boy and how you guys got together and helped cultivate that sound that today still remains timeless. Right. You know what? Um, The way that you put this is so beautiful. Um, It's definitely a great segue for me to come in on it. Um, 
Kim and Keisha actually were, they were actually a group, and I was a solo act. I, I really didn't know I was a solo act. Um, a friend of mine, friend of the family had took me to the studio when I was 15 years old. Um, I met a, a gentleman by the name of Norman Bradley. He, heard, he had wrote a song for me to do that night, and I did it. I recorded it. It was my first time ever doing it. I was excited. I was a kid. It was just like my dream come true. I didn't think it was going to go any further. I actually, um, in passing, saw Kima and Keisha because I, after the first song that I did with them, he had me come back into the studio. I met Kima and Keisha in passing. They seemed like they were pretty nice or whatever. And um, from that moment on, I heard a song that they did. They heard the song that I did. And I was, you know, I thought it was the end of it. And one day the guy, Norman, called and was like, I, Pam, he was like, I got an idea. I think that you should be a group with the with Kim and Keisha, the girls, they're looking for a third member. And I was just like, you know, it was a couple of weeks later, and I was just like, nah, I don't want to be in no group. I was like, I'm fine, you know, and I, because I was a little knucklehead, 15 years old, you know. And um, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, nah, I don't want to be in a group. And he kind of pretty much kept asking me, and he talked me into it. The girls were actually on the phone. And I was just like, kind of just like, all right, I'll do it, never knowing that it was going to lead to something else. And needless to say, Kim and Keisha had a couple of friends that they knew took us to New York, and we met a woman by the name of Kathy Dukes. Didn't know that she had any affiliations with Puffy until almost like a year later. She helped to groom us. She, we would be driving down the street. She will have us jump out of the car and sing for um, Heavy D, CL Smooth, and all types of people. And mm-hmm. it was just like, regardless, of, it didn't matter if the, the person was a celebrity or not. She would have us jump out of the vehicle. We're sitting there, and you're scared. She's like, get out of my car. And we're like, oh, like, what's going on? She's like, get out of the car and sing. And so that's right there. <laughs> I didn't know that she was grooming us at the time. She told us that she was going to take us to Puff. And um, we were all excited, and we went to go see Puff. And mind you, when he comes down from the hit factory on the elevator, as soon as the elevator door closes, we begin to sing for him. He steps off, walks through um, the lobby, goes into a back room, and we begin to perform for him. He never said, I liked you, never said anything. His face was like flint. It's just like you look at like, oh, my goodness, but I know that this is my moment that I have to perform my heart out. This is all I have. And so he asked us our names afterwards, and he was like, thank you for coming. And I was just like, oh, God, he hated us. So, you know, as a 15-year-old, you're hurting. You know, I got tears. Um, when I left, when I, when I leave there, I'm crying. Five o'clock that morning, he called Kathy and was like, don't take those girls anywhere. I want to sign them. So that's how that happened. But when we first got signed, Puffy groomed us. We didn't go right into the industry. Like, he waited a couple of years, and it was just like, by the time I turned, I was – I believe I was, was I 18 at the time? When I turned 18, well, 19, when I turned 19 years old, that's when the first song came out. And so um, we have been rocking with Puff ever since, but Puff made sure, like, he groomed us in that whole total sound. It wasn't something that Puff um, created. It was something that we had. I was I was more, they called me the voice, my voice was the functress. Keisha was the the um, the seductress, the, the one that had the, like, the, uh, seductive voice and chemo was the one that they call sassy and so mm. our name in the beginning was total opposite because if you look at us every last one of us we don't look anything alike and our sounds are completely different but puppy started calling us total for short and it stuck so that's why the opposite was taken off and from that moment it was just like we did new jersey drive and it was like poof, it was it was just gone and of course you know big came get me all the chicken heads from Texas, and it was just Oh, it was. It was just over. Wow. Yeah. Man, 
Pam, you talked a lot about the grooming process, and that's something that, just being honest, and I've talked about a lot before on this podcast, I feel like a lot of younger artists, this generation, I feel like we skip the grooming process, and Mm -hmm. we have a lot of raw talent out there, and while it's cool, it doesn't get refined before it reaches that next level. Talk a little bit about how Puff took total opposites and kind of groom y'all into what we heard by the time New Jersey Drive dropped, we hear this outstanding group that seems like they've been together for 50 years because that process was just set in stone by then. Absolutely. You know, one thing I can say is that at the age of 15, I shouldn't have been in there, but Puff had us in the club. Like we would, for one, he took us to the club. We would see, we would see how Puff, um, you know, handled himself and how he was in the, the VIP and he was with Jodeci and he was with Mary. And so he, wow. he, he, he kept us around um, those that were, um, you know, the ones that were above us, the ones that were really doing their thing. And so we had an opportunity to see Mary and not only in the club, but we saw them on the road. We got an opportunity to be in the studio with them, to see how they conducted themselves, to see how um, a real studio session went and how Puffy was about his money, you know, how Puffy was like, look, money is time and time is money, so I'm not coming in here to waste time. You're not going to come in here and just not do anything, but when we come into this place, you're coming to work. We were in his office doing paperwork. He took. We even had etiquette classes, you know what I mean? Mm. We had to sit down. We had to have etiquette classes, and it was certain things that we learned we had to do. We had to do. Um, uh, we had to sit down with a PR and actually learn how to make sure when, to be able to conduct uh, an interview in the right way. You know, so many things that I remember sitting in these different rooms and doing. And you had to go from one room to another room, and then you would have a mass of media people that would come in, and we had media training and knowing how mm-hmm. to look someone in the face when you're having an interview. Don't put your head down, and all of those things. There was so many things that Puff took us through the grooming part and like you said nowadays a lot of a lot of young people have a lot of talent but I I look at it as the fault of the I'm not going to say it's the the person's fault but it's the industry industry has gotten to a place where um they have itchy ears to me and if it's just like mm. it sounds good so then let's jump on the bandwagon opposed to allowing yeah. the artist just to be who they are and just to develop that because back in the day that's exactly what they did. If you look at it, it was LL Cool J, it was Biggie, it was it was it was Pop, it was Craig Mack and nobody looked the same, sound the same, but mm-hmm. it was just at the same time too you can appreciate everybody's music but nowadays everybody the it's just like the 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 record labels want everybody to be beyonce everybody's not going to be beyonce everybody's not going to be rihanna it's just like and when you when you put when you hold people to a box that's when you 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 have artists nowadays the way that they sound because they're trying to do everything that like the rappers i'm trying to do everything that little wayne did but i'm just putting a new face to it no just let the artist be the artist let them come in and do what it is that they do instead of trying to make a clone. Wow. You're right, Pam. She preaching, y'all. She preaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really believe Pam, I really believe that. Yes. Pam, let me ask you this. You know, Ed mentioned both total albums and how that you know, you guys didn't get a chance to fall off and how those were both really good albums. You know, you guys right. came together as a group. Um, for the Bad Boy Family Reunion tour a couple years ago. Prior to that, I know you guys were just were just touring, you know, just as two members. But you guys came back yes. all three members for that tour. So, was there ever a chance 
it was going to be a third total album at any point, even recently. Yes, you know what? Um, to be honest with you, a total album is still something that I believe that's going to happen. It's just mm, more or less really? that um, within myself and my own heart, because everybody was ready, right? I, I can completely be honest. Kim and Keisha and, like, so many other people were ready to do um, the total album. But there was something burning in me. And it's been on me, like, forever. I've always put myself on the back burner to allow everything else to, to continue to go forward, you know. And I believe that the girls did it as well, too. In some aspect, there was some certain things that they wanted to do at the time that we all fell back and was just like, okay, let me just do this because this is this is not just – this is keeping the engine going. And also, um, we're under contract, honestly. <laughs> and then, too, um, at the same time, too, because of the love that we had for one another – and when Total was at the height of our career and everything just stopped, you're absolutely right. There wasn't any – it wasn't like we fell off. It wasn't like this this huge, like, every oh, the album was whack, and so there was no more Total. It was just like at the height of our career. And personally, I can take – I can say for myself, it was just internally. I had so much internal um, – I had so many internal issues going on. And it was wow. just like I had to find me. I had to find me, and it was just like, I remember waking up one day, and I was just like, dog, who the heck am I? I could see my image. I'm looking at myself, but I'm like, yo, who are you, and what have you become? And I'll never forget in that moment of November of 1999, I was just like, hey, this is it for me. And I remember going to my, my older brother, and I said to him, I said, look, I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm about to give my life to the Lord. And I promise you, I was just like, I cannot emotionally and mentally. It was just physically, I had everything. And everything, it, you wouldn't think that this girl that has everything that she always wanted but was so empty on the inside. You know, you understand? And it was just like I yeah. had this longing for something that I was just like, yo, this, what I have is not enough to fill me. And I found myself, you know, you start to go deeper into things. I wasn't, thank God I wasn't into heavy, heavily into drugs or anything like that. But alcohol, um, I never drunk on the road. I, I never had to get on the stage to drink. But when I was home, it was like I was a mess. But when I got in front of people, because I never needed that stuff to make me go and get on the stage. I never needed something to um, help me to go and to be okay on the stage because that was my solace. When I was on stage, I was on stage, and it was all of me. But when I was at home, I'm drinking like a fish trying to find out what's missing. And so that's when I had given my life to Christ, and it was just like the lights turned on for me, and I was just like, wow. all right, cool. Like, all right, I understand. Like, I got – I understand, like – my life means something now. And so after that, with the whole total situation, Kim and I went out. A lot of people said that we wouldn't be able to do it. And we respected the fact because we went to Keisha. And we went to Keisha. And at the time, Keisha was just like, you know, right now I'm not ready to get on the road. I'm a mom. I'm taking care of my kids. And, and as sisters, you have to, it hurts to hear it, but you have to respect it. And then mm. when things started to move with myself and um, Kima, it was just like people were like, oh, okay, we miss Keisha, but Pam and Kima holding it down. And, you know, people were behind us and all of that. And when we did the Bad Boy Tour and Keisha came back, it was amazing. It was just like, you know, to be uh -huh. in that space, in that place with Puff and Mace and everybody. It was like family all over again. And then after that, you know, everybody was like, yes, the total album, total album. But in my heart, I had actually, when we were on the tour, I dropped a single called um, You Said in Overseas. Mm -hmm. It was number three. 
it got to number wow. three overseas. So my thing was like, I'm excited. I'm like, yo, my my baby has actually went number three overseas. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was just, my thing was to everybody is just, please just give me the opportunity to do something that I've always wanted to do, regardless if I sell one record or if I sell 10 million. It's just like, mm. just allow me this moment because this is something that I've always wanted to do. I've always fell back. I've always said, okay, and I'll do it for the team. I'll do it for the team. I said, but this is the moment for me. I feel it in my heart. Like, this is my moment. Please just respect it. And then after this moment, let's get back on. Let's get back in the studio, all three of us, and do what we have to right. do. So that was that's my Amazing. thought process, you know. That's a crazy story. <laughs> Ed and Tom, I got to ask you guys, and Pam, feel free to chime in uh, whenever you want. Yes. But Ed, I'll start okay. with you here. Cool. So Total dropped two albums, two amazing projects, and then they went their separate ways. As a fan of Total Ed, would you have been like, because it's been over, it's been twenty years since that last project. Now, as a fan, are have you kind of? Are you okay with ending it at the second album, or over the years were you craving more, Ed? And over the years, and you know, I got a. This is common knowledge, so it's not anything new. But I was a huge Total stand. I was a huge stand of that Bad Boy sound. So when the Kima Keisha Pan album dropped, and I and I remember I had like that was like my first year of college when that joint dropped, and the album was really good. Singles were flying off of it, sitting home, all that stuff, blowing up. They did a joint with Foxy. When they just, like, went away, I'm like, where'd my girls go? Because I felt like there was so much left gas in the tank. So when those third round of albums came out, when 112 did theirs and Faith did theirs and Carl Thomas came on the scene, I always craved one, at least one more album because it felt like part of the fam was just missing. As everybody was hitting that third step, I wanted Total to be part of that. And to this day, I still think that, as I said earlier, it's still all kind of like unfinished business. I think that it's still some gas in the tank. So, yeah, I always wanted that extra album. Can I, can I chime in real quick? Because this is important, Pam. And, like, I remember when the second Total album came out, man. It was like a defining moment in my life for music. You know, I was, wow. I think I was in high school. You know, I remember buying the Trippin' single. I remember sitting home coming out, man, these were like, I still look at these songs like that was a part of my life in the most important part. And I was growing up, like I still listen to those songs every day in that album. So it's like, I was waiting for that next total album. So it's like, man, this music was important to me. And so many people out there, I know, feel the same way. So that's, that's how I felt about it. Right. Absolutely. And you know what, that is it's such a blessing and it blesses my heart to hear that. And it's just like, you know, when you say to yourself, like, wow, um, uh, you know what? Wow. Like, it's kind of like, I can't even find the words to say. But what I can uh-huh. say is that I really don't think that it's the end. I think it's just the beginning of so much. You know how, like, when, um, who can I say? Um, like, I look at the Jackson family, right? And I look at Michael, I look at Janet, and they were the two breakouts. Right, you know what I mean. They were the ones that got the the most um, notoriety and all of those things. And I felt like within my heart, it's not it's not me trying to have this um, this breakout moment. It's more or less that it's like this thing in your heart. Like I look at Janet and Michael, and especially Michael. Had Michael not done 
because Janet was never in a group. She was just amongst, she was just in the family. Had Michael not stepped away from his brothers, he would have never, ever fulfilled that moment of touching so many other people because he, he would have been, he would have been stagnated a little bit, you know, as far as with his brothers. But when people got an opportunity to meet the Michael Jackson, to hear the music and, you know, like when you listen to Human Nature, when you listen to um, Lady of My Life, when the, the, the thriller moment, all of these different moments touched people to a point where Michael was able to travel and not only his message was what? to heal the world, you know what I mean? And his message was to touch people in a way as to, it's just like so many things that Michael did had he stayed in that place with his brothers. I don't think he would have been able to do it, but he always came back. You would always find Michael saying, come on, let's get this reunion going. And they always would look to get an album going, but at the end of the day, unfortunately, um, they didn't get an opportunity to make a number one album again. Um, What I do believe is that Pamela Long is this, it's this peace in me that has to take my, I got to take that moment to say, okay, because there are people that I have to, I know within my heart that I have to reach and I have to touch. And it's not just to say that I'm trying to get my pockets fat, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. But no, it's a mission. It's something on the inside of me that says you have to do this. And if you don't do this, then shame on you for not doing what it is that you know that I placed on the inside of your heart to do, Pamela. So that's the that's the thing that I have to fulfill. That's the fulfillment that I'm looking for. It's not the fact that I don't want to do anything, that I'm looking to do something apart from my sisters, because it's the easy way is to say, come on, y'all, let's do an album. Let's do the album now, and then I'll do it afterwards. But the hardest thing to do is to take the harder route, because it's actually harder for me to do this and it is total because the brand total is like forever. You know what I mean? It's something that's already there. It's an establishment there. But Pamela Long is not established. And so that's a harder route. So when someone really takes a moment just to look at it, they say, hmm, you know what? I kind of get it. I, I, I get I get that. It, it's something bigger than you that's driving you to do this opposed to something being selfish. So that's the only reason. After this, I'm I'm down all day long to do an album with my girls. I love Kim and Keisha, without a shadow of a doubt. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Pam, I got to ask you this, because I'm just looking right now, and this might be the most epic R&B moment in history. So in 1998, Faith Evans dropped her second album. The following week, Total drops their second album. And then 112, the following week, drops their second album. Was there a bad boy meeting that took place that, like, explained this marketing strategy? Because that, that's amazing. You, you know what? Puff was a strategy. He was a genius. Like, I can honestly say that I had the opportunity, and I'm thankful that I still have a, 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 a brother and sisterhood with um, Puff. Like, that's, like, my big brother. Every time I see him, I'm like, it's almost like um, I'm still in awe of Puff. You know, I love him so much, but at the same time, too, I have my moments and I look at him like I'm still in awe of just you because you are, like, his mind to me is just so amazingly awesome. It's just like uh, when he really says can't stop, won't stop, that really is his model all day, every day. And, yes, that Puff did have a strategy. He wasn't going to do it any kind of way. He said it in motion. And what he said, if he said, okay, Monday we're going to do this, Tuesday we're going to do this, Wednesday we're going to do this, you best believe Monday you was going to do this, <laughs> Tuesday you was going to do this, 
And Wednesday you was going to do this. And if you did not do it, you best believe Puff was going to say, hey, listen, money, because that's what he would say. Hey, money. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I said, this is what, why isn't this done? It wasn't like he forgot anything. So, yes, it was something that that man did. Like he knew what he wanted and he knew how to get it. And it's just like he capitalized off of the response. Because a lot of people sometimes don't know how to to um, maintain the win. And Puff knew how to maintain the win. It's different. I heard um, someone say before, I think it was Bishop T.D. Jakes, and he said, some people know how to win, but they don't know how to maintain the win. And Puff knew how to strategize. And when he said it, he made sure it wasn't. It, he wasn't going to wait to the next day to get it done. You know how some people say, well, you know what, I'll, I'll get it done tomorrow. Mm-mm. If he said it, he stayed he stayed on top of his word, and yes, it was a strategy all day long. He wow. knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. yeah genius at work. Cool. <laughs> yeah, genius at work. I'm telling you, it was something to behold. You know, all, okay. while we were discussing this podcast, we were thinking, you know, if Total was to continue with just two members and, and you know, Keisha was not going to continue with the group, we've seen other groups replace members and continue on, like Drew Hill. Right now they added two members from Playa. And they're still touring. Yeah. You know, really? it's like a combined. Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't know. Yeah, Black and Smoky. They're part of Drew Hill now. Really? So we were thinking, who could we add to Total to make an to to make an, a super group of sorts, and you know, have a have three members back. So each of us came up with the, with some names who we thought that we could add. But we'll go around the table and and let you know. And then you could chime in as well. But but Ed, you go first. Okay. Well, see, I came up, I got it down to two names, and there were two names that I felt like, while they're different enough, that they would sound, they would bring something different to the table, but their style still fits. So my first one was Maya, and my second is Latavia from Destiny's Child, because I feel like Latavia, y'all haven't slept on her. She need put her to work. She needs something to do. <laughs> I feel like she'd be good in total. Those are my oh. Kyle, who you got? I'm going to go with a new artist, Tiana Taylor, who I think embodies mm. what that 90s was all about, her dance, her sound, everything. just And what she grew up on, you can tell she's influenced by the totals and, and that era of music, so I think she would fit in seamlessly. That's a good one, too. You know, I wanted to go with another Destiny Child member. I wanted to go with Latoya, who was also, you know, removed from the group early on, but man, she's and creating some good R&B music. She just needs a space to fit in. I think she'd be great with Total. Pam, what, what do you think yeah. about this? Who do, you, who do you think would be a good fit for Total? You know what? What was so dope is when Tiana Taylor came, when you said Tiana Taylor, I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, Tiana, all day, because all day long, yes, I met Tiana. <laughs> loved, I, I remember meeting her, and her thing was like, she's like, Pam, she's like, I love y'all. She's like, I wow. So we actually performed with her before as well, too. So it was dope. For, for you to say, Tiana, it was amazing. Um, and also, and also, I would say, who else? You know what? I thought about Mila from 702. Because there was wow. a time. Yeah. Now, check this out. There was a time. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Kima had quit the group at one point. Kima mm. quit the group. And it was myself, Keisha, and Mila. 
What? When was this? Everybody was loving it. Everybody was loving it. But then it was just like Mila Puff took a while to um, sign Mila. And, of course, everything um, everything that went down between us, me, myself, and Kima, and Keisha, everything got back to normal. You know how sometimes as sisters you get upset with each other. You're like, whatever, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But, yeah, Mila was rocking with us. We had recorded a, a few songs with Mila, and everybody was going bananas. Over what what Pam, when was, was that before the second album or after the second album? No, that was after the second album. After the second wow. album. Yep. Oh, wow. We was going to come back. Yep, it was after the second album. We was going to come back with Mila. And Puff waited um, too long. And 702, um, the girls, they had came back to the table with a deal. And Mila went with that deal because Puff was taking too long. Yes, Mila was. Wow. Like, we recorded some songs with Mila. We still have them. When I say it was fire, whew, fire. Oh, my goodness. Man, Soulback <laughs> gives you the exclusive, dog. I have never heard that. Yes, absolutely, wow. yes. And so what it was is that Puff, instead, then Puff started saying, he started calling us the chocolate girls because, you know, Mila and I are more dark-skinned than Keisha. So it yep. was just like, yeah, Puff was like, ooh. Yeah, so it was really good. It was it was dope, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, Pam, before we let you go, thank you so much for being an amazing guest and sharing so much history with us. Anything you'd like to add to everyone listening? You know what? Thank you so much. I, I definitely appreciate you guys, Tom, Kyle, Ed. Thank you so much for just this time and this moment. It means a lot to me, and I just want everybody to know that your girl is back. The sound mm-hmm. that people fell in love with in the 90s is still here, still relevant, and I'm still going I'm still going to rock as hard as these young these young cats do. I'm I'm not giving <laughs> up on them. anything that I do. I'm coming harder. I'm coming harder. Yes. Yes. And thank you. Nice have. Just to let everybody know that um the EP is on the way. The album is coming um and then too to let everybody know that they can find you said it's on I'm not you said, excuse me. You said I do have a joint called You said that is also um all social media networks but the new single why why, why, why? Get it now, get it now, get it now. And the video is actually on YouTube as well, too. So they get an opportunity to see everything. Amazing. Right. Pam, I want to, be- I want to wish you the best of luck with the solo career, the single, and once that blows up, hopefully we get a total reunion. And once that blows yes. up, hopefully you can put 112 back together because we need them back together, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, my man. God. oh, that's a low blow. The guys are amazing. Yes, I love them so much. <laughs> Pam, thank, right, just Pam, thank you so much once again for joining us, man. We we respect you and love you so much. We will always support you, you and uh, just glad you're keeping it going. We got your back. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. And please, please, please let me know when you want to have me back, all right? All right, guys. So that was Pam from Total on the podcast. What an awesome guest there. What a delight, a freaking delight, as well, as my girl Mia from the Soul and Stereo Cipher would say. Shout out to Mia. But um, Pam was wonderful and hit us with some of that new, new information, some exclusives on this joint. I'm still going nuts over here. Mila was part of Total. Can you imagine that? It, But when you think about the timeline, it makes sense. If you watch that episode of Unsung with 702, there was definitely a point around there where 702... Had that little fall off, and then I guess mm. total they were having their issues. So it was the opportunity for those. We almost saw like a seven zero total super group. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Alright, guys, are you ready for the Play a Please Awards? Maybe. Uh, we haven't done one I, of these in a while, so we got a, we got a, we got a couple here. All right. uh, first and foremost, did you guys see Brandy at the Jazz in the Gardens Music Festival in Miami? Oh, where she no. was lip-syncing her life away? Look, player, I saw it, and, and, and even though sometimes I give you Brandy fans a lot of grief for your standom, sometimes I have to say, I'm not too mad at lip-syncing when it's done okay, but when it's so overtly terrible, player, you've been in this game a long time, and you can do better. I feel bad. That that looked embarrassing for her. I mean, I'm sure it'll pass, and people in this day and age, people forget about it and move on to the next embarrassing thing that happens, like 30 minutes after. You know, you know how this news cycle works. But man, it was not a good look. But we had this debate on our uh, Facebook page. You know, should do you feel bad for someone who's lip syncing? Do you hold it against them? Why would Brandy, the vocal bible, be lip syncing? She's not like one of the top dancers we know of. Again, yeah. I'm, I mean, if it, like, listen, guys, I've seen Chris Brown on stage many, many times, and the the man dances like no other. So if he's gonna lip sync from here to here, I'll give him a pass. For Brandy, mm-hmm. who Tom, like you said, is considered the vocal bible, you know, doing the little one-two step on stage, I don't think yeah. that 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 yeah. uh, that should be a pass for her, Ed. Well, again, I. The only reason I give a slight pass is because there are circumstances that go on. Maybe she was sick. Maybe she wasn't able to perform up to par. But the reason why I give you a side eye is when your lip syncing is so terrible that it's mad noticeable. Oh, there's a lot of lip syncing going on. People just don't even realize it because it's well done. So I'm not mad at the practice in like in general, I'm not mad, but when it looks terrible, or if you flaunt it and judge other people for doing it, and then you turn around and do it, so yeah, she gets to play a plea for that one, but not because she's lip syncing, but because she did it so terribly. Hmm. Yep. Uh, the next player, please. Uh, I'm not sure why he's on here, but someone recommended that I put him on here so Ed, Ed would go off. Uh, oh boy. My my hero, Irv Gotti. Is he getting a play of please for his <laughs> his appearance on the Unsung? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Now, I don't know if y'all... Well, first of all, Kyle, Tom doesn't watch TV, so I'm not even going to ask him. Fact, but facts. Kyle, did you <laughs> did you see Irv Gotti on Unsung? Yes, I did. Uh, on Lloyd's Unsung. That was actually a very well-put-together episode. My homegirl Ashanti was on there, too, and Irv Gotti made a surprise Wait, appearance. Hold, hold on. Pause. Hold on. Lloyd had an unsung episode? How? I don't know. They're, they're stretching. <laughs> We're stretching at this point. The episode is good. I wouldn't call him unsung. They should have just called it a recap of Lloyd's career. But it was a good episode. Right. So, as you guys know, Murder, Inc. and G-Unit had a very big beef that happened in the 2000s that unfortunately ended one legend's career um and then the fire festival happened etc nba halftime you know you know how that goes but oh uh, we know how it goes <laughs> lloyd left murder inc in about 2008 i believe and he went to interscope which is where 50 is and one of the first records he did on interscope was a collaboration with 50 cent and that pissed irv Gotti off and irv Gotti pretty much just said 
Lloyd could get hit by a truck and I wouldn't care. Ed, why does that deserve a play of please? Isn't there loyalty involved in, in music? Loyalty involved in music. Let me tell you something, player. Let me back it up for people who actually heard the story because Kyle is leaving out t- key tidbits to protect his boy Irv Gotti. What happened was he left, Lloyd left Murder, Inc. under very dubious circumstances because Irv Gotti was too busy staying in and out of the courtroom. Lloyd actually wanted to, you know, put out music and not sit on the shelf. So he went somewhere else. He went somewhere else. And when he went there, they suggested he do a collaboration with 50, who I guess in 2008, he was still kind of a big deal. So whatever. He did it. And then Irv Gotti gets mad. Player, that is the equivalent of you starting a new job and you're working with somebody and your old former boss, who you quit because he was trash, gets mad at you. What does Irv Gotti have to do with anything that Lloyd is doing when Lloyd had his career sitting on the shelf? And then he's saying, well, that's loyalty. You weren't very loyal when you had him sitting on the shelf like a pack of frozen peas. You had no loyalty to Lloyd. Why does he owe anything to you? And then you'd say, oh, I hope he gets hit by a bus. Lloyd is the one on the show that's like, you know, I think he's kind of crazy. But he did a lot for me, so it's okay. But your boy Irv, acting like a 40-year-old toddler, hollering and screaming (laughs) on TV One like somebody's going (laughs) to see that. Come on, player. He deserves the biggest player, please. Why is Irv Gotti yelling about somebody working with his enemy? When he left your whole label because you weren't using them. That's the lamest thing ever. Wow. Damn. And uh, the last play of please, Tom, I think you'll appreciate this one because we're going to defend your boy, Jaheem. Uh, there were reports that came out that he is now an Uber driver on the side and people were job shaming him. And Ed and Tom, we came to Jaheem's defense. Tom, we came to his defense. What do you have to say? I'll I'll say this. Didn't we learn anything from when we came to the defense of that guy from the Cosby show? What's wrong with earning an honest living these days? If you have to drive Uber, if you have to work at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever it may be. Ed, man, what's wrong with making an honest dollar? Let me tell you. These people up here got all these jokes and memes on Twitter. But never... Oh, he fell off. Yada, ha, ha, ha. When was the last Jaheim album you bought? If you ain't bought a Jaheim album since Ghetto Love, you have no reason to comment on that man's career. You should have bought Struggle Love like the rest of us and been struggling mm. in 2016. That's why he's up here on by, he's up here driving Ubers because you didn't buy the Struggle Love when he was struggling. Stop it. Well, Let that man Kyle, get his get his check. You get your but, check. He can get his check. But Kyle, it was a little shocking, right? Because we figured he was making a lot from touring. Yeah, I mean, he has hits. Jaheim has a huge yeah. following. He was one of the last R&B acts from that era that was still on a major. Yep. So, I mean, he's it's got little, hits, it, but he's got deals. I mean, I don't know what his financial situation is looking like. Maybe he needs... I mean, it's been a long time since he had a gold-selling album, so maybe it's... Well, you know what? He had to stack that Jaheim, paper a little bit. Well, I was on Jaheim's Instagram, and apparently he's vegan now, so I guess vegetables are pretty expensive. Look, Whole Foods ain't no joke. You buy a peach from there, and they're like three dollars each. I can't blame them. Let, He's living that let Whole me Foods just say, life. let me say this though, guys. An artist like Jaheem could pull in about probably ten to twenty thousand a show. I'm, uh, this is not 
being unrealistic. This is real life. I mean, these dudes make money on the road. So, I mean, that's why, to me, it was a little surprising. Well, that's true. But, again, we don't know the circumstances. Is he getting booked? Does he even want to do it? Maybe his voice is shot and he can't perform like he wants to. But at the end of the day, the bill's going to keep coming. So, if that man's got to do this, and that's what he's got to do. But the audacity of Twitter to laugh at a man trying to pay his bills, because there's a whole lot of y'all favorite singers out here that ain't paying no child support. R. Kelly, future, and at least Jaheim is trying to live his life right. Let that man prosper. Right. And buy his album next time. Then shut up. <laughs> I'm hot. Tom, Tom, speaking of Jaheim, when you went to interview him last time, wasn't he yelling at his like label executives to like pay him? We're not going to go there. Next topic. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. This was a real story, guys. Anyway, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? <laughs> like Jaheem, I'm just out here trying to pay my bills, player. So check out soulandstereo.com. Last week, we actually had a really fun post. Um, we had a post talking about 17 songs that launched viral dance crazes. Y'all know the songs from the whipping and nae to the electric slide to the wobble. It's just a big post of all those songs. It has to be because a lot of people message me and say, well, haven't you added blah, blah. Look, player, has to have a song attached to the dance. So if there is a popular internet dance that was born from a song or vice versa, it's probably on this list. Go check that out at soulandstereo.com. That's been a fun one. Wow. Tom, can you do the electric slide? Oh, my God. I hope not. Uh, yes, if I had to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Tom, what's going on with you know I got so Shout out to Marlene, give- by the way, your wife. For, she, she put together that awesome graphic for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the new graph we got for the Soulback podcast, shout out to Marlene. I mean, it's pretty cool. We want to just keep this thing going, man. We're, we're doing good things with Soulback. But she's uh, helping us increase that, uh, you know, our relativity right now. But I want to give a shout out to a couple of things. Um, we got a few new songs on the site you guys should check out. Tal from Drew Hill has a new single out, Whatever Happened to Love. We're not sure if he's still in the group or not, but he's working on a solo project right now. Tiffany Villarreal, one of your favorite artists, Kyle, from the Neptunes era, has a new project out called Wildflower. It's an EP. Uh, one of our favorite groups, uh, Lipstick Gypsy, has a new song out called Damn It. That's definitely worth checking out. And mm-hmm. The Dream has a new artist out called Bria Janae. She has a new EP out called What is Love. Someone commented on the site, man, like they're just excited, like artists like this coming out and, and being real singers. So we're actually getting some good stuff coming out. Check the site. Uh, we got some news about Deborah Cox working on a new album. So a lot of good stuff going on with R&B. And, uh, you know, I'm excited right now, guys. Like I said, beginning of this podcast, I'm excited for R&B this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's looking really solid. We, you know, we have our times where we complain or we're like, man, we miss when we were actually getting solid material out. But right now, between the Lucky Days and the Lipstick Gypsies mm. and... There's just so much stuff out there that if you're a fan, Robin Thicke dropped something and it was good too. If you're a fan of this genre and you haven't caught up, there's some great stuff from familiar faces and new artists out there. Check out Soul and Stereo. Check out You Know I Got Soul. Y'all missing out because 2019 is shaping up to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And Ed, you forgot about Tori, Keller's, Tori Kelly's alter ego bonfire. <laughs> Gosh, I'm going <laughs> to fire you from this podcast. Uh, 
All right, so before we get out of here, I'm gonna quickly give you guys the soul backtrack of the day. I really wanted to ask this to Pam when she was on the podcast, but Tom and uh, Ed held me up and, and tied me to a rope and put tape on my mouth so I wouldn't ask. Oh, but I needed goodness. to find out about that Neptune song that Total did. But uh, I guess we won't be able to do that. And, uh, you know, it's not even my favorite Total song. So the soul backtrack of the day is... Let's go with Sitting Home. Ed, I know you like that oh, song. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that song. And that song is funny because it was on the album. And I wish I had remembered this when um, Pam was on the podcast. But that album actually dropped, I think it was either my birthday or the day before. And I remember getting that album and listening to it. And this was before it became a single. And it's kind of like buried like midway through the album. And I'm like, this is a nice little groove. It's, it's just like a very, the kids today would call it a bop. It's just a nice groove yeah. to it. And I just kept going back to it and kept going back to it and kept going back to it. And it's become one of my favorite Total songs ever and one of my favorite songs from that genre. I mean, from that um, era. And the video was cool. Just a defining track for them. Love it. I'll just add that, um, you know, the, that was back in the era when the video actually defined the song. Like, I remember Ed Lover being in the video. And then yep. we actually had a, a remix, which was almost like a new song altogether. It was Shine. It had a new beat. It's unlike mm-hmm. this Mariah Carey remix, which is adding a rapper and keeping the song the same otherwise. It was like back then, it was a different time for music. We, we were creative. So that's what I remember the most about the song. Nice. And one last point before we get out of here, Ed. You mentioned that that song came out on your birthday way back when. And that was a, that's a classic right there. And then your most recent birthday, Keith Sweat dropped a auto-tuned record called Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe. Mm. So... Funny how time flies, eh? <laughs> uh, dealing with you, I'm not gonna make it to my next birthday. I'm just, it's, I'm just gonna call it quits. Damn. <laughs> or maybe Usher will drop his new uh, robot influence music next next time uh, your birthday comes around. <laughs> yes, on we'll October see. 28th. You heard it here first. You will hear some <laughs> terrible music from a once great artist on my birthday. Yep. All right, guys, I think that's enough. Uh, we're out of here. I'm going to go listen to more of Tori Kelly's Alter Ego, The Bonfire, and oh. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> I'm going to push him in The Bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys.